The Productive Woman, Episode 220. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I am so glad you've joined me. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with Vicki Volvovsky, an executive at Zapier, leading its largest SAAS integration platform. And we'll learn more about what all that means in my conversation with her. You'll find more information about Vicki, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 220. This episode is brought to you by Health, Hope, and Inspiration podcast and by FreshBooks, makers of the ridiculously easy cloud accounting service for freelancers and small business owners. To find out all the ways FreshBooks can save you time in managing your business finances, take advantage of the 30-day free trial FreshBooks is offering the Productive Woman listeners. Go to freshbooks.com TPW and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. I'll talk a little more about them later, but first I want to welcome a new sponsor to The Productive Woman, and that's the Health, Hope, and Inspiration podcast. This is an interesting resource. Almost everyone has been affected by cancer in some way, maybe even someone you love. According to the American Cancer Society, approximately one out of every three people will receive a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. And an estimated 1.6 million adults will be diagnosed with cancer this year. It may be you or someone you love, but there is hope for anyone facing cancer. There is an online source of practical information about cancer prevention, treatment, and overall healthy living. On the weekly podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration, Reverend Percy McRae talks with wellness professionals, doctors, pastors, and everyday people who share their expertise, their experiences, and their stories of hope. Visit hhipodcast.com today to subscribe to Health, Hope, and Inspiration, and you'll receive three free downloadable resources, cancer-fighting recipes, Uh, another one on reducing your risk for cancer, and a third one on four things every cancer patient must do. That's hhipodcast.com. And I hope you'll check it out. Now let's get into my conversation with Vicki. I'm delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Vicki Volvovsky. Vicki is part of the executive team at productivity software company Zapier, which I'll have her tell you a little bit about here in a minute. She serves as its head of platform, but she's also an award-winning food blogger, and you need to check out her blog. And she's a wife and mom, and I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she is making a life that matters. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm just delighted to have you here. You're you have a very interesting life, at least from what I've learned from, you know, knowing about Zapier and and looking at your blog. Maybe you could start by telling us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever you think uh, would be useful for us to know as we talk about how you're how you're managing it all. 
Sure thing. I live in Madison, Wisconsin with my husband, Jason, and our three and a half year old son, Theo, who um, likes to keep us highly entertained. And as you mentioned, I work for a company called Zapier. So Zapier is a workflow automation tool, and it allows you to connect all the different work apps that you use every day and automate process or other time-consuming tasks. And our company's mission is really to help everyone be more productive at work. So something that I think you know you obviously care a lot about and your listeners care a lot about too. And then outside of work, um, you mentioned my blog. It's called Things I Made Today. I've been writing it for about five years. And it's really just a place where I can kind of showcase my love of food and photography. And it's an outlet for me to share things happening in my life that maybe are interesting to others. It's definitely a, a passion project that I do for myself. I just checked out your blog as I was preparing for our conversation and some gorgeous photographs there and some very interesting looking recipes. <laughs> yeah, I uh, as the blog has grown over the last couple of years, it's definitely like my taste has changed and I've become more interested in certain cuisines. I tend to get obsessed with one concept and try to master it. And the photography has been kind of a fun side uh, skill that I've developed as I've published and photographed more. Yeah, it, it was funny. I told my husband later, I, as I was looking at the photographs, I got hungry. <laughs> well, that's the goal. Thank you. <laughs> well, well done you. Um, we're going to talk about how you managed to work as an executive at a busy company like Zapier, publish this great blog, be a wife, be a mom, take care of yourself, do whatever the things are that you do. We're going to talk about how you do that. But I think in discussing the ways you manage it all, it's helpful for us to have a little bit of context for those things. So if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, what would that look like? I guess on a typical day, our alarm, you know, goes off at 630. But without without fail, we'll hit snooze twice, especially, you know, kind of right now, as it's starting to get really dark in Wisconsin in the morning, it can be kind of hard to get up. But once we're up, we're up. And I like to start my day with four shots of espresso, which um, some people think is crazy, but <laughs> I love coffee and it's what I need to kind of get me going. Let's see, at 7.30, we're usually out the door. So Theo, our son, goes to daycare. My husband takes him and I like to go on a quick walk around the neighborhood and get my podcasts in. And I do this first thing in the morning because I know I'm the type of person that once I'm sitting down at the computer for work, I'm unlikely to get up much. In fact, I have a Fitbit that buzzes if I've been sitting for too long, and then I'll at least like do something to not be in a sitting position. But oftentimes, that's not does not involve leaving the house. So yeah, so by 8 a.m., I'm back in my home office, and I'm at my computer, and I start organizing my day. One fun fact about Zapier is that we are a fully distributed company. So we've got about 180 employees spread all over the world working in every single time zone. And so working in this kind of environment means it's basically even more important that I stay organized because I can't really tap a coworker who might be in New Zealand on the shoulder and ask them to remind me of something. I like really need to make sure that everything is well documented and organized so that I can stay on top of it. Yeah, so my mornings to kind of get myself organized, I basically use Google Calendar and a tool called Todoist to centralize all my tasks. And I start by reviewing what's on my calendar and reviewing the tasks that I designated for that day. And my morning is really like that first thing I need to do is some light prioritization. I don't do anything super complicated. I basically say, these are things that absolutely need to get done today. 
these are things that should get done today. And then the rest, like it'd be nice, but it doesn't matter. And no guilt if they don't get done. Um, we'll come back to them the next day. Because I'm a morning person, I after I've spent kind of that first five to 10 minutes on prioritization, I usually dive right into the highest priority, uh, most difficult task on my list because I feel like my mornings are the quietest time and I really want to accomplish something of substance before meetings start. And again, since we're a fully distributed company and most of my team is West Coast or in APAC, I actually like mornings are quieter with meetings. And so once the meetings start, you know, every day can kind of be different. Since I lead a large team, I might have a lot of one-on-ones and check-ins or if it's a hiring cycle, maybe I have a lot of interviews or if I'm kicking off like a, a new project that might be a little bit more meeting heavy because I need to make sure everyone involved has context. So they, they go in phases and that's where it's hard to say what a typical day is, but day goes between meetings or downtime where I'm back to my to-do list working on whatever the next most important thing is or whatever the next most important thing that fits into the time slot I have is. And I'll kind of keep an eye out for new things that come in via Slack, which is the communication tool we use at Zapier or email. And I triage those as well. One thing I've become pretty disciplined on is like not letting those things that come in during the day totally derail what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Because I find that usually like 90% of the time things can be answered in under a minute. And if so, I just kind of take care of it when I see it. Or they're going to be flagged for follow-up for later. And I try not to try to kind of like minimize the distraction during the day. But absolutely, those things happen. And um, sometimes there are things that just have to take priority over what you planned, and that's okay. So how do you discipline yourself on that? Because I know I'm not the only one. We have conversations about this sort of thing in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group all the time. And it's something that I struggle with because I, you know, as a practicing lawyer, work from home. So email and to a lesser extent, Skype chat are my are my ways of communicating most of the time with clients and my my colleagues. And there's always stuff coming in. How, how do you get yourself to kind of pay attention to what needs to be paid attention to, but then get back to the priority project that that you've identified for the day? It's definitely a muscle you have to build up. It's not something that I think, especially, you know, with how many streams of places you get those notifications or things you have to pay attention to. My strategy is try, like if I'm in kind of my deep focus mode is that I just turn that stuff off. So it doesn't even have the ability to distract me and I'll come up for air, you know, every hour or so and check in. And as far as like, you know, when I'm kind of working on things that require concentration, but not as high of uh, deep of concentration, then I might scan every once in a while if I see something pop up. Um, and again, as I said, if, if it's something that I can answer immediately, I just do it right there and then if it's going to be under a minute. And then otherwise, if it's something I have to weigh, should it take priority over what I'm working on? Well, because I am very, um, because I centralize all the things I need to do in one place, it's very easy to compare the new thing that came in to the things that are already on that list. So I can say which of these genuinely is more important will have a bigger impact if I work on it now versus which of these things can I just flag and add to the bottom of the list. And the next time I sort through my list, it'll get prioritized um, at the right, you know, to be to be done at the right time. Yeah, that's a great approach and something that I continue to work on, I have to confess. So, so then 
you know, you've, you've talked about your day, your morning, you're kind of working on those priority projects, the meetings, depending on how the day goes. What, what next? How does the rest of your day go? I kind of interrupted your, your typical day. <laughs> no, not a problem. So yeah, so I usually, um, I'm heads down on work till about five ten, And then, um, I go to pick up my son from daycare and I guess from there evenings aren't super, I mean, they're pretty typical. Like we're, we're playing with trucks and buses on our living room floor <laughs> for a while, or, you know, I'm making dinner, um, which again, cause I, I really love cooking. It's really kind of my reset activity. Um, so that's kind of when I pour myself a glass of wine, make some sort of dinner, and that really helps me relax. And we usually try to eat together as a family, unless I'm cooking something for the blog, in which case I usually get my son fed and then, you know, spend time plating and photographing the meal, which takes a little bit longer. And my son definitely doesn't have the patience for. Sometimes my husband doesn't have the patience for it either. <laughs> so I'll feed him too. That's that's typically our evenings. And then I'll try to get a workout in, you know, maybe twice a week. Lately, I've been going between boxing and yoga, which are very, very different. And I kind of love the variety of those two things. Yeah. And then once Theo is in bed for the night, my husband and I might watch a show or just relax and talk. Or, you know, if it's if I'm if I'm working on a blog post, I might use my evening to do that. Or, you know, sometimes I hop back online to finish up some loose ends for work, but I try to keep that to a minimum and really focus my evenings on my family and myself and not try to get sucked back into work. Because as I said, since we're a international company, somebody is always online and, you know, something is always happening. And I find that if I open up the computer, then I'm going to get sucked into something. So I, I try to avoid that. Yeah, I can see how that would be an issue. I, I I find something similar myself. I mean, my firm, most of us work from home, and we're scattered kind of all over the country. And I have to be careful not to check my work email <laughs> at night and not get sucked into to work as you were describing. So let me ask this, then, you've kind of described what your day is like, what things typically might look like. Every person's life is a little different, presents maybe different challenges as far as staying productive and getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life and being productive in the way you want to? Yeah, so I think it's interesting as my career has grown over the last um, you know, 10 years and I've stepped into more leadership roles unsurprisingly, like my work has changed from being this sort of well-defined list of tasks that need to get done to much more ambiguous work, like figure out a strategy for X or, you know, find a solution to this big organizational problem. And so those aren't tasks that can just go on your list next to, you know, send email to Laura. These, they're like much bigger things. And so for me, when I, when the thing I need to do to be productive feels really big and kind of full of unknowns, I tend to procrastinate on it because I'm not really sure what that first step is. So what I've learned, um, and I'm still kind of building, like trying to get better at this, but when I find that I'm continuously punting on something, I usually just give myself permission to just like jot down a few notes, even if I don't even like, I, I don't have all the answers and I don't have any ideas. I, I just take a first pass at not even trying to solve the problem, but just get any thoughts or information related to the problem in a doc. And I am definitely a online person. I, if I have to write more than two sentences on paper, my hand starts to hurt. Um, <laughs> so 
get it in a Google Doc and start organizing it, just kind of seeing what comes out on that first pass. And, and what I find, and again, this is like still something I'm learning to be better at, but once I do that first pass and just kind of random brainstorm, dump of random thoughts on, on paper, I, I start to get some clarity or I can start grouping my thoughts into themes and maybe the next steps become more apparent. And it might help me realize like what specific things I need to do, what questions I need to ask of specific people or research I need to do. And those are tasks that I can put on a list and tackle rather kind of than like that whole big problem I'm trying to solve. So I think like just that challenge of getting through that, this is a difficult thing and I don't know where to start. I'm trying to be much more iterative in my work and not hold on to things until I think I have a perfect solution, but rather like kind of get that bad initial draft out there and start collecting feedback from others. And that usually unblocks me for from being stuck. And it's something I'm just constantly trying to get better at. That is such a challenge for a lot of us when you've got kind of a big problem, if you want to call it that, or just a big project that you're not sure how to get into it. And you kind of keep in your mind circling around it, trying to figure out where's where's the entree into this. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of just doing that kind of, you know, some people call it a brain dump where you just, just put down every thought you have about whatever this is, even if it if if the thoughts you're having are questions about, you know, what do I need to know in order to even start to solve this problem or start this project, getting it out of our head, out onto paper where we can look at it, I think makes such a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think when you're kind of mulling it over in your head, you're having all these thoughts and maybe ideas or maybe questions. And it's really hard to kind of connect the dots when it's all just kind of floating loosely in your brain. But when you get it on paper, then you can look at it and you can start, you start, you think you just, it's kind of like putting pieces of a puzzle together. Even if you don't know the answer by doing this, you at least are like one step closer to knowing what the first step should be. And that that can be really powerful and kind of unlocking momentum or productivity. Yeah, absolutely. When you do this, do you ever do a, like a mind map approach? Or do you just write sentences and words and phrases? It's messy. I, I do. It depends on what I'm It kind of evolves and changes as I go. Like sometimes I start with just a list and then I'm like, oh, I think if I can draw a diagram, this would be helpful. So it, it totally evolves as the thoughts come out. And I think that's fine. Like, I don't think you should. There's no like right way to do this because it's so messy and ambiguous that I think just start and see where it takes you is probably the best way to go about it. I agree 100%. And that's kind of similar to the way that I've found for dealing with this. It may start with me just writing stream of consciousness, and it may turn into a diagram or a, or a, a mind map, depending on what the issue is, what the question is. And there, it's, it's for, for many people that works best with just a notepad and a piece of paper. For a lot of us, mm-hmm. you know, getting it on a computer screen works as well or better, maybe because you can type faster than you can write or something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So are there other challenges or do you have things kind of figured out in terms of uh, balancing the things that you're doing, managing the commitments you have? I mean, I, I love to think I have it figured out, but that's not <laughs> to say that there aren't days where you're 
where you're just like, oh God, even the greatest plans fail, or I'm just stressed out because I have, you know, it feels like there's a lot. So uh, one thing my husband and I do uh, that it's, it's become, we, we don't do it often, but we call it pulling out. We say, I'm going to give you your card. So we have this joke where each of us, we've never actually done it. So it's, it's not a physical card, but we joke that we should write ourselves uh, a personal card to give to you to that you want given to you when you're really stressed out or you're acting irrationally. And so we joke, like if someone's super stressed and they just need to be snapped out of it, we say, I think I'm going to give you your card. And that's kind of our signal of like, okay, like take a step back, (laughs) reevaluate what you're what your, uh, you know, your, where your head's at and maybe switch gear. So I, I know I tend to do this where I'm like, oh, I should go to yoga, but I have all this other stuff to do. And, uh, I'm just going to skip yoga because, because I want to get a bunch of, you know, stuff done that probably isn't that important, but it's, um, it's bothering me. Jason, my husband will say like, I think I'm going to give you your card right now. And that's, <laughs> that snaps me out and says, I should go to yoga. And I've never regretted going to yoga or, you know, any sort of physical exercise. Isn't it funny how the busier we are, the more stressed we get, the more important it becomes to do something like that, whether it's yoga or get on the treadmill and run or go outside for a walk. But to just at the time we feel like we can't afford to take a break, it's almost the time we really most need to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so typical where people like exercise or any sort of self-care is kind of the first thing to go. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, like, or at a certain level, you have to figure out how to make those things non-negotiable. So whether that's putting it on your calendar and not allowing people to schedule over it or, you know, taking, if you commute to work, taking your uh, gym clothes with you in the car. So you have like a lot less excuses to, to not go directly after work, whatever it is figuring out how to make those things non-negotiable, I think is so important for your, well, obviously physical health, but also mental health. Yeah. And, and especially as you are in those busy seasons of life and, you know, for, for most of us, I think it, those ebb and flow, some, sometimes are busier than others, but even at our busiest, we need to take care of ourselves. Maybe especially when we're at our busiest, we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So you've talked a little bit about a couple of tools that you use, um, your Google Calendar and some of those sorts and Slack for communicating with your team. Are there any other tools that you like or resources that you recommend that work for you for managing your time, managing your space, managing the, the your to-do list, anything like that? Yeah, so I, I mentioned Todoist, which is a mm-hmm. task management app, um, and that's kind of my centralized, uh, the place where everything lands. So I'm a big believer in you centralize everything into one place and you don't rely on your brain to try to remember anything. Um, I, I feel like trying to remember is what gives people a lot of stress versus if it's, if you know you've already written it down and it's in a place that you're going to review and look at, then you don't have to try to remember so Todoist for me is that centralized space. And then Zapier, um, the, the company that I work at, our tool allows you to move data and move things from one app to another. For example, um, we communicate at work in Slack. And if there is something that I need to follow up on, I have a workflow automated where when I star something in Slack, Zapier will take that message and put it into Todoist for me. So it kind of automatically moves that task for me. 
And so I have a lot of automation set up from email or from Slack or from wherever it might be to, again, centralize everything in Todoist. And then Todoist is kind of my source of productivity and task management truth. It's the only place I need to look when I need to know what I need to do that day Mm. or that week or that month. Sure. Well, and that's such a, that's a great example, what you just described of how Zapier works. And I, I, maybe we could talk about that a little bit more, because I, I do think Zapier is such a great tool. And this is not, you know, this episode is not meant to be like an ad for Zapier, but it's a great tool for those who understand how it works. And so if you were talking to somebody who maybe isn't real tech oriented, but they've got, you know, they have email and they maybe they use a digital task manager and they have their calendar in Google or in iCal or something like that. What are the sorts of things uh, you just described one that you can start a, a conversation or something in Slack and Zapier because you've connected them in Zapier, Zapier will move that into your Todoist inbox so you can add it becomes part of your to-do list. What are some other examples that you might uh, offer for someone who hasn't tried this sort of automation before? Yeah, sure. So maybe to take a step back, I can just explain like at a high level how how Zapier works, because I think it can, the beauty of Zapier is that it can do so many different things. But so basically what Zapier allows you to do is to define an event. So like when this thing happens in this tool being, I think we've got 1300 different tools on our platform. So there's a lot of options. So when this thing happens, do this other thing and in in the same app or in a different app. So you can imagine like the combinations are really, uh, <laughs> there's there's many, many different combinations of things you can do with 1300 apps. But from a productivity perspective, like I think the pulling of um, I star an email or if I get an email with this subject line, which is really important, mo- uh, send me a text message so I know to respond to it immediately. Or if I mark something complete in my task management system that other people need to be notified, send them an email and notify them. So that's not like a manual thing that I need to do. Mm -hmm. So basically, there's so many different options of what you can automate. And if you visit Zapier's website, we do have a lot of kind of like use case inspiration um, to get people thinking. Um, And I'm happy to share some sources for you uh, with you as well. But yeah, there's there's just <laughs> the options are uh, are vast, and it's really how how creative you want to get, and how you know it can really customize it to do a lot of things that either are just kind of tedious and you don't want to do, or can just make you work more productively. Yeah, it occurs to me as I was listening to you describe that that maybe one of these days soon I need to do an episode about ways to use. Uh, automation kinds of tools to to be more efficient and more productive to make those sort sorts of things happen without you having to uh to take an affirmative action you've once you've set it up it just happens on its own the sort of if this happens then then zapier will make something else happen and and i love that so that's um 
I, I will definitely put the link to the Zapier website in the show notes uh, so that they can check out what the options are there. So you've talked about Todoist, which is a great tool. You've talked about your Google Calendar. You've talked about Slack, which is a really good communication tool for, for teams um, that could be used for you know, not just work, but if you've got, say, a, a, a parent organization, your kids, you know, soccer parents or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. any number of uses for Slack. And I know it has a lot of integrations with other apps. So anything else, any other, are there any resources that you look to for ideas or inspiration for being productive in your own life? Or just be yeah, motivated? So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as far as being productive, I I used to I I feel like maybe what was it 6 7 8 years ago I was really into like figuring out what sorts of systems work for me and so I read a lot about um GTD getting things done and kind of the philosophy there and read a lot of other philosophies as well and once I kind of started honing in on my own what works for me. I feel like I reference that stuff a lot less. I just kind of keep adjusting my system, but it is always interesting to like listen to podcasts or listen to other um you know pick up an article here or there on productivity and just kind of see what other people are doing and get inspired um and maybe change out part of my system um because it seems like it could be much more efficient, but I can't say that I like actively seek out a ton of uh you know, productivity resources in my day-to-day life at this point. Well, and there's no reason you need to, if your system works for you, as we've talked about on this show a lot, we don't change just for the sake of changing. We don't add a tool just for the sake of adding the tool. If things work for you, you know, it's sort of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, leave it, leave it alone. And, and because it's not about uh, developing a perfect system or finding the perfect tool, it's about getting the things done that you care about. And that's what matters. If that's working for you, then that's literally all that matters. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think there is kind of, you know, there's a million productivity tools out there and things that there's always new ones being um, added to the marketplace. And well, I, I think that is kind of this, sometimes people fall into this trap where they're like, want to try the next new thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're trying the next new thing because their current system doesn't work, in which case, absolutely, like keep trying stuff until you find something that works. But at the same time, I think more likely than the tool, the problem is that like you haven't gone all in using, uh, like uh, you haven't made your productivity system whole. So it's not working for you because there's parts of your life that aren't included in that, uh, in that workflow. And so switching to the next tool might, you know, fix things here or there, but really the issue is that, you know, your system isn't complete. So when I, when I talked about how I try not to remember anything and I try to put everything I need to do into Todoist, I mean that across my entire life, it might be, you know, pick up uh, or do the laundry. It might be water the plants. It might be kick off this big project for, work, everything goes into Todoist and it makes it really easy for me to not feel like part of my life is like unrepresented or might be deprioritized because it's not on this list. It's got everything. Yeah. With the commitments you have to your job and the commitments you have to the blog and and obviously to your family, um, how do you make sure that you are Um, taking care of yourself. We talked a little bit about self-care earlier. 
how do you make sure that gets into the mix? Yeah, I mean, so other than workouts and just having those on my calendar, another thing that I consider to be self-care is getting spending time with friends and and family, of course, as well. So I have a a group of friends uh, who we like to have at least one, you know, event on the books every week or so and not any big event. It's just this person is hosting dinner and maybe, you know, the host is making the entree, but we assign out somebody else to make dessert and appetizers, whatever it might be. And so I think for me, that social gathering is a really big, important part of self-care. And so just engaging in that and making sure that we have events scheduled so that that time is basically like I've committed to that time and I want to see those people and and uh, spend time with them. That's a really like driving motivator for me to finish up the other stuff in the mm-hmm. time I have at work and, you know, get to the party. <laughs> sure. So. Gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, like it's a, it's not it's not an elegant solution, but it's it's just put it on the calendar and and uh, make those commitments to yourself, to other people. And not that it you know will work 100 percent of the time, but even if 75 percent of the time you you know, you're able to follow through with it, that that's a pretty big win. Yeah. So you've got the tools that you use, you have the kind of routine for your day, the the systems in place that are working for you. You're obviously getting a lot of things done that are important to you between your job and your family and your blog and the other things we've talked about. But even having given the thought that you have to these systems and and developing uh, the the process for your life um, that that works for you well, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if you do, what do you do to get back on track? Yeah, I wish I could say I didn't have those days, but that would <laughs> absolutely not be true. I think the first thing I do is just recognize it's one of those days. And usually I recognize it when I'm doing a bad job of not getting distracted. So that mm-hmm. to me, like if I'm constantly getting distracted, if I'm in Slack answering every message uh, and reacting to everything, that's usually a really good sign for me that like I'm overwhelmed and I can't focus. Mm-hmm. And so Honestly, on some uh, some days like that, like sometimes I can kind of pull myself back out just by recognizing it. But sometimes I just kind of declare bankruptcy in the day and I'll look at my to do list and I'll do kind of like those little housekeeping type things, um, you know, submit my expense report or literally do the laundry. Uh, it's the benefit of working from home. Um, so kind of just like take care of the things that don't take a lot of thought, but I know I need to get done like they are important. They're just not super I guess, meaningful, but they're things that need to be done. And so on those days, I tend to just like clear a bunch of those kind of administrative and housekeeping tasks off the list so that the next day I can refresh. I kind of like forgive myself for, for not being able to focus, call it a day. And then the next day kind of come back and uh, focus back in on those important things, knowing that, well, yesterday wasn't super productive on like impactful things, but Hey, I cleared a bunch of crap off the list and that feels good too. Yeah. And that counts. I mean, some, we can't always be going, you know, full bore a hundred miles an hour at the high level stuff all day, every day. Yeah. I just, definitely. you know, I just don't think anybody is, is able to do that. Some days 
we, we, that's, you know, it's nice. Sometimes I will sort my list based on sort of energy level and ability to focus the kind of things you were talking about. And sometimes you just have to have those days where you realize, okay, I'm not going to get, you know, the book chapter written today, or I'm not going to get this, this software written or any of the, the big, really deep focus kinds of things, but I can knock out, knock out all these smaller things that don't require that level of focus, level of attention. They, they still need to get done, as you said. Uh, and those days count too. Yeah, absolutely. I think alternatively, uh, the other thing I, I tend to do when I have those days where I just am overwhelmed is I, like I don't look at my task list and instead I do a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. So I tend to batch article reading or just, you know, blog posts, whatever it might be, things that I've seen come in, my coworker share or my friends um, share that, you know, hey, you, you might find this interesting or here's what I learned in this article. Sometimes I don't have a chance to read those kind of as they're sent to me. But these days I usually find it. it's kind of, it doesn't take it's a very different part of your brain because you're consuming information rather than, you know, with a lot of other work where you're have to synthesize and, and come up with things yourself. So yeah. So just using that time to like read, maybe get inspired, maybe get some new ideas. Uh, and again, kind of come back to it tomorrow. I think that that's like the, the, the thing I realize on some days is, yep, it's just, today's not that day. So we're going to read some stuff. We're going to do some admin tasks. And then tomorrow fresh, start fresh. A little bit of the, the Scarlett O'Hara approach. Tomorrow is another day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, Vicki, this has been so interesting and so helpful. What is on the horizon for you? What's coming up in your life, either professionally at Zapier or on your blog, personally, whatever that you're looking forward to, excited about? Yeah, this might be a silly answer, but um, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Um, maybe it's because I get to cook for two days straight. So mm -hmm. I'm already brainstorming what we're going to be eating for Thanksgiving because my family's tradi Thanksgiving tradition is to never make the same thing twice. Oh. So we have kind of the corner, we have the corners, like there's always going to be turkey and there's always going to be mashed potatoes, but how the turkey's prepared and how the potatoes are prepared changes every year. And this is a, we have a good family conference call uh, a few weeks before Thanksgiving where we debate the merits of the recipes people uh, <laughs> suggest. So I'm starting to brainstorm on what, what I will pitch to my family for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. Um, anything, anything new happening at Zapier that we ought to know about? I mean, we've got lots of uh, interesting things brewing. We're, we're, we're just getting into 2019 planning. So I'm very excited about kind of what's on the horizon for, for Zapier and the projects we'll be working on in 2019. So more on that to come. Yes. Well, uh, as I said, I'll make sure to put the, uh, the Zapier website link in the show notes. Uh, but as well as that, where can people connect with you online if they want to see more about what you're doing uh, maybe ask your question, whatever, Where, where's the best place for them to find you? Anything Zapier related, you can find my e email on our website, zapier.com slash about um, any of all of our employees are listed there. So you can find me there. And then as far as the blog, the best place to follow me is on Instagram. And my handle is things I made today. Okay. And I'll, I'll be sure to, as I said, put links in the show notes so people can find you. I uh, really appreciate all the time you've taken with us. Before we go, 
though, would you, um, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help, maybe a little encouragement and, and getting the things done that matter and, and making a life that matters? What, what would you say to her? I would say that first, the first important thing is to define what matters. I think um, people get sometimes might get caught up in the in the details of the day to day and feel like they're not getting anywhere. But I think that first step of defining what matters is really the most important. And once you've got that, then you can start then you can start using that to actually help you prioritize stuff. So you can say, am I working on the things that I said matter or am I working on stuff that doesn't even, you know, isn't even on my list of, of being important. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's not, it's not a novel idea. It's very simple, but I think it's one that can be very powerful. Yeah. Well said. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you, Laura. It was great talking to you. I really enjoyed talking with Vicki and I am thankful to her for taking the time to share her thoughts with us on how she manages her life as well as for her great suggestions and her encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Vicki or for me about the things that we talked about on this episode? I would love to hear from you and I know she would as well. You can share your questions or your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 220. Or you can always post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, and I'll make sure Vicki sees it as well. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. You know, if you haven't already done so, and you're a woman who, who listens to this podcast and enjoys it, please consider joining me and the other amazing women in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. This is a private group where we can meet up and interact more. We can directly ask questions, share information, insights, and encouragement. Basically, continue the conversation about productivity. And any woman who listens to this podcast is welcome in that group. And we have women from all over the world who are in there asking questions, offering ideas, uh, sharing encouraging words. It's, it's really, it's my favorite place on the internet. You can find the group on Facebook or just go to the productivewoman.com slash group and click the join button. Uh, make sure you answer the three little questions that are there. So I know you're a real person, a real woman who listens to the show. And if you are a woman who listens to this podcast, I would love to connect with you there. A quick word about our sponsor, FreshBooks. You know, freelancers and small business owners know how important it is to make smart decisions for your business and how incredibly important it is to get paid for the good work you do. And our friends at FreshBooks are there to help with their cloud accounting service that's ridiculously easy to use. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has made it easier and dramatically less time-consuming for over 10 million people to manage their business finances. And I'm one of those 10 million people. Uh, FreshBooks has a ton of great features. For, for instance, you can use it to automate late payment email reminders. So instead of digging through your records and manually sending reminders to customers who haven't paid, FreshBooks will track payments, send those reminders for you. Uh, when you email an invoice, FreshBooks can show you in the dashboard when the client has seen that invoice, which is a useful bit of information. 
So if you haven't yet tried FreshBooks, now is the perfect time to give it a try because they are offering that unrestricted 30-day free trial to the Productive Woman listeners. No credit card required, just your chance to see whether FreshBooks is right for you. To find out all the ways FreshBooks can help you manage your business finances, go to freshbooks.com TPW and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And of course, remember to visit hhipodcast.com today to subscribe to Health, Hope, and Inspiration Podcast, and you'll receive those three free downloadable resources. That is hhipodcast.com. And thank you so much to the Health, Hope, and Inspiration Podcast and to FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Vicki. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you found something in it that's encouraging or, or practically helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.